Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Our scripture this morning comes from really quite a familiar passage when um, on the first Monday after the first Sunday that we canceled worship for the temporary inconvenience of a thing we were coming to know as COVID. That first Monday, um, I shared an email with the flock. And in that email uh, was this passage of Scripture because I thought it was necessary to hear such words of encouragement in such a scary time. Who knows that I would send hundreds and hundreds of daily emails to you And who knows that the church building would be closed for almost a year. On that first Monday, we had no idea. But we knew that we needed to be comforted. And these are, among all the words of Scripture, very good ones to select, to pull out, and to use as holy comfort. Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds forever in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think of these things. Keep on doing the things that, I, that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Paul says at least four things in just the first line of this text. Rejoice. What's the second thing he says? Rejoice in the Lord. What's the third thing he says? Rejoice Rejoice in the Lord always. What's the fourth thing he says? He repeats it. Again, I say, rejoice. This is a word of hope. We rejoice. We rejoice in and out of season. And what do we rejoice in? We rejoice in the Lord. We rejoice because we have a reason to rejoice. Because the Lord reigns, because because God heals, because God wins, because God's love is from everlasting to everlasting, because God welcomes and calls and sustains us, we rejoice. We have reason to rejoice. 
We do this in and out of season, and we don't rejoice because our team is on the way to the championship. We can rejoice then, but we rejoice even when our team hasn't made it to the tournament. We rejoice regardless of what we might be celebrating personally or professionally. We rejoice uh, regardless of what's happening with our family. Sometimes our family is great cause to rejoicing, and sometimes we lament about our family and its losses. We, don't, we can rejoice about the weather. Today is beautiful, but, but even when the weather doesn't give us cause to rejoice, we rejoice because there's something worthy to rejoice in, and that is, Paul says, the Lord. We rejoice in the Lord. Jesus is at our right side. The Lord is, in fact, thanks be to God, our shepherd. So rejoice. Rejoice. This kind of rejoicing doesn't have a lot to do with how you might be feeling. It doesn't have to do with whether your, your, your heart is heavy or light. It's not happiness. It's a little different than happiness. Happiness is when our team wins. Happiness is when I steal one of your bags of chocolate candy and eat it for lunch. That might be happiness. That might be happiness. But joy is something deeper. It's something more profound. And it's something we do whether we feel it or not because Paul says we're focusing on the right thing. Rejoice in what? The Lord. The Lord who is with us at all times. Now, <clears throat> Paul really doesn't know the kinds of hard times that may befall the church at Philippi. And he doesn't know, he doesn't have a crystal ball, he does not know the struggles this church may face. He can't predict how they may or may not be persecuted. But he is certain the church at Philippi can and should and must Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, he urges. Again, I will say, rejoice. But, and this is a serious but, how do we rejoice in hard times? On Monday, I watched an independent lens documentary about the um, disappearances in Argentina during their dirty war particularly about an anthropologist who set out to Latin America to train students in the use of forensic anthropology. And their job was to go around to the suspected places that the, these disappeared people had been buried in mass graves. They would find the bones, they would count the bullet holes and the machete strikes, and they would compose the bones together in a safe place and return them if they could to their families, or to their villages. Between 9,000 and 30,000 people were disappeared in Argentina alone during the, that military regime. And they were disappeared, these people were disappeared in order to keep them quiet and not to protest the government, not, not to, to um, suggest other ways of doing things socially or politically. They were leftists, and they were union and peasant workers. They were church workers. They were nuns and monks, and they were priests. They were intellectuals. They were students and teachers, all taken indiscriminately from their families and simply disappeared. It happened in countries around the world, and this group that Clyde Snow trained started going around the world to find these places where these bodies had been interred hurriedly out of the spotlight so that 
They couldn't be called on the carpet for their murder. They went to Algeria. Beginning in 1992, 6,000 disappeared there. They went to Mexico. From 1960 to the 1980s, 1,200 are documented to have been disappeared. They went to Chile. They went to China. They went to Bosnia, Herzegovina, Colombia, Egypt, El Salvador. They went to Northern Ireland. They went to Pakistan. Is it any wonder that people are eager to come to our country? And is it any, re, any, any um, wonder that we don't want to welcome them? Welcome them to, to a place of relative sanctuary. After watching this, this documentary, I decided I need to watch other documentaries too. Because this was a really heavy uh, Monday night uh, for two hours watching this thing. While I was watching, though, as I was thinking about this sermon today, Paul's question, it's an implied question, haunted me. How is it that we are called to rejoice in the Lord in hard times? How is it that we, we can do that? Hard times. The Ukraine. The remnants of the civil war in South Sudan that Bob and Christy Rice were here only three weeks ago to tell you about. They are right in the trenches. Their hearts are being broken and mended as they work with brothers and sisters there in the church in South Sudan. And now the war in Israel. Rejoice in the Lord always, says Paul. How do we do that? Rabbi Cook sent a letter to the religious community here in town and if you have not read my Friday emailer, I encourage you to go back and find it and read Alan's letter to us all. He says, on October 7th, a Saturday before last, more Jews died in a single day since the Holocaust. This is after the war we said such things would never happen again. Rabbi Cook's letter to the religious community suggests that we reach out, that we pay attention and we reach out to the world. And he says, you know, if you have Jewish friends, give them a, give them a call. I, I would add to that, if you have Palestinian friends, give them a call, drop them a note. If you have Muslim friends, call them up. If you have Jewish friends, reach out. Christian friends, Middle Eastern friends, Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul says. You know, Paul was not tone deaf. He understood that the world is filled with grace and beauty and, and the awe of creation and the beauty of human relationships. But he also knew that the world was filled with, with discord and difficulty. He was writing this letter probably from a Roman prison, perhaps an Ephesian prison, maybe a, a, a prison in Caesarea, but he was writing, we think, we're pretty sure, this letter, rejoicing he, from prison. He wrote the word rejoice from a prison cell. He's not tone deaf. When we rejoice in the Lord and trust in the Lord and call upon the Lord and rely on the Lord and seek guidance from the Lord and follow the Lord's example, we can engage in this world of suffering with a deeper joy and persistence. We, we can reach out 
and serve in the name of the one who says, come unto me all you who labor and are heavily burdened. The rejoicing doesn't make the pain of the world sleet away. It just equips us to enter into it with hope. We're not rejoicing in political outcomes. We're not rejoicing in some pie-in-the-sky day. We're not rejoicing in, in how we feel. We're rejoicing in what? The Lord who is with us and who calls us into this ministry, who died himself performing this ministry and rose again. We can go into the deepest part of the valley of the shadow of death when we rejoice in this way, when we hold tightly to this hope, when we refuse to be shaken by all of the agony of this life, we are holding on to the hand of the one who will not let us go. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. That's Paul's last instruction to the church at Philippi. Don't wait to be rejoicing. Do it now. And do you hear his urgency? I mean, I've always taken this passage to be said from the balls of one's feet, not from the heels. Um, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. And, and he goes on. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just and pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing these things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Rejoice in the Lord right now. Don't put it off. Don't, don't wait. Let that praise lead us now into tangible, hands-on service. Write a letter. Call a friend, share a cup of coffee, bring a bag or a case of chocolates individually wrapped for our neighborhood. God knows these children can use something sweet in their lives. They're going to get loved by us with our smiles. And whether it's raining or not, we're going to be there welcoming them, giving them primo uh, candy. Say a prayer. Hold somebody's hand. Rabbi Cook urged in his letter to reach out to Jewish friends with the word of connection, of support, of love. Don't let this day go unmarked. Don't let this season go un, unmentioned. Let's reach out to our Jewish friends, our Palestinian friends, our Muslim friends, our Christian friends, our Middle Eastern friends, people from all over. Don't wait. Why wait? Do not be overcome by evil, Paul would say, but overcome evil with good. Who does the good? You do. You must. You must with joy in your hearts. Let that propel you to be brave and to have courage. God knows the world needs you. Do not sit on your hands. Do not doze through this moment. Everybody can and must do something. That could be the sermon every week, but it's the sermon for this week. Rejoice. Help me out. Rejoice in. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say. 
God only knows where this kind of rejoicing is going to lead us. Thanks be to God that God goes with us. Amen. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week. Thank you.